Hello, my name is Daniel Kelly and this is May Contain, the podcast breaking the stigma of what it's really like living with a severe food allergy. I have lived with a peanut allergy since I was five, so I'll be talking about the different situations I've come across over the last 20 years living with food allergy, whether that's dating, going out with your friends, living abroad, hopefully give you guys like a really good insight into what it's like living with a food allergy. Hello and welcome back to series two of the Make and Tame podcast. So I'm super excited about this episode. I'm joined by Ruth from What's Allergy and she's also a host on the Allergy Today podcast. And I think a lot of you guys will know Ruth in the allergy community and it was amazing to get the opportunity to sit down with Ruth for an hour to really talk in detail about a kind of a upbringing with an allergy. It was really interesting to start like how she kind of started her allergy blog because this is a question which gets asked a lot about online. How do you go about setting a blog? So we kind of talked in depth about that and obviously like the use of social media and why that's been important. Um, and we also talk about when Ruth went into anaphylactic shock. So we cover loads of interesting points in this podcast. Hope you guys enjoy it. If you do get a chance to write me a view on iTunes, it takes about 30 seconds and I really appreciate it. Let's get to the podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Make and Tain. God, I'm getting through now. Um, today I am with Ruth, which is the founder of What's Allergy, and she's also a host on the Allergy Today podcast. And I first got to know through Ruth through being a guest on the Allergy Today podcast, and then got the opportunity to be on the panel at the Free From Allergy show in Liverpool and the Food Matters Live event. So thank you for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for inviting me on. I know, it's crazy. I feel like I've got to know you pretty well since know, yeah. obviously being on your podcast for the hours mm. today and, and now now like it's yeah. a full 360 circle, isn't it? I know, and I didn't I first became aware of you. I thought you were some like big company, like graphic or <laughs> well, that p- campaign you did with the models and the adrenaline. Uh, the, the, the make and really magazine. With yeah. that and then found out it was I mean not just you. That doesn't sound awful, <laughs> but <laughs> Someone, someone doing it in their hobby. I was really, really impressed. Yeah, it was just a little side project, and yeah. then yeah, and then I think off the back of that, and then I think you guys like seen it and reached out. So yeah, it's amazing mm. to be on your podcast, and um, mm. it's amazing to speak to you today. Before we kind of like delve straight into y- the allergy and your allergy block, could we talk a little bit about yourself and what allergies you have, and a little bit about um, your like upbringing? Yeah. So. Um, I'm 46 now and back when I was a kid in the 70s they were quite unknown really I was born with eczema and hay fever and things like that and probably I think I was born with my allergy but we didn't work out what it was until I was about seven or eight my mum kind of was trying to work out what these random puking incidents were well no because kids do have like random sickness things and just a sick and you think what we've just eaten too much or got a virus but she it, it kind of seemed to happen at birthdays or at christmas or when people came around because we didn't seem to have much many nuts in the house really or i didn't like them and she worked out eventually that i was being kind of poisoned by people bringing chocolates in and i was eating like russian roulette quality streets you know i was, <laughs> she just didn't, know didn't like the nutty yeah. ones but every now and then i'd get a nutty one and be sick that's how she kind of worked it out oh, by okay. watching me what i was doing so she watching you like what you're eating and then she kind of yeah. like worked it off the back of that like use um, allergic to nuts. Hmm. But did you, I mean, I was re- kind of reading about you online. So did you, when did you find out you were allergic to like dairy as well? Was that, that later was on? much older, yeah. I think I always was, but it was much, mu- I think it was causing my eczema. And then my 1820s, I thought I'd, I hate having eczema and I cut the dairy out and it pretty much disappeared. So 
I kind of gave myself, although I don't know, it might have happened anyway, but the doctors say that because I cut milk out so well from my diet, like completely, and then when I had a mistake and had some, instead of getting eczema, I was getting an anaphylactic reaction because sometimes I'd think, I'll have some cheese and I'll just suffer. My skin will be bad. Yeah. And instead of getting bad skin, I was having an anaphylactic reaction to it. Like, wow, how when does that your, happen? When was your first anaphylactic shot then? My first anaphylactic reaction was probably... If you don't count the vomiting, and I don't, I don't think that was. I suppose it would now be counted as anaphylactic. Yeah. So, and when I was a kid, I used to have violent projectile vomiting from nuts. So, from the age of like six or seven onwards. But to dairy, I started that. That was in my like thirties. I started having anaphylactic reactions to milk. What? Like so random. I always find yeah, it so really weird. Body like changes as and, well. Like, yeah. And I developed a latex allergy, and I didn't used yeah. to have that. So I, was just was, I bet that caught you off guard, didn't it? Like, oh, I was <laughs> blowing balloons up on Christmas. It was Christmas Eve, blowing up balloons, and I did feel a bit weird. Yeah. And my mum was out, me and my brother and my dad were... My dad wasn't helping, actually. Dad was there. And I was like, oh, I felt a bit weird, but didn't think anything of it. And when my mum came back, we'd blown all these balloons up, and I was like, oh, breathing really... I can't breathe. I don't know what. I need my inhaler. And she just took one look at me and I was like, what the hell happened to your face? And she was saying to my dad, why have you not noticed? Have you seen her face? It was quite completely swollen oh up. God. I hadn't even noticed. When I looked in the mirror and I had to go down to A&E looking like that and people were staring at me going, what's happened to that woman's face? I couldn't even speak by then. My bad. face was so yeah. swollen up, my throat, because I'd just been blowing. Yeah balloons up yeah i think that i've only ever met like one person before with latex allergy at university and i think he i think he actually found out through um bringing girl back yeah then, like, well, it's, just, it's just mad how these kind of allergies does occur like you just imagine like you're always one. born with these allergies and it's not always the case is it no i did have a stupid incident like that where i hadn't worked out that latex was in condoms that's a bit stupid isn't it but yeah. the first time i used <laughs> condoms realize. i thought I'd got some horrendous STD. <laughs> it was just so what's going on, allergy, to la allergy to rubber. <laughs> God. That wasn't very nice. Yeah, it's the last thing you want. No. So I know you mentioned on your, your Instagram, on your, on your latest post, obviously I was talking um, a little bit about me growing up with an allergy and I kind of mm. posted this like younger picture. Um, and very it kind of come, come about, I was like, forget like 300 likes in this picture. I think it was our 3,000 followers. I'll post an embarrassing picture today. <laughs> and bloody of course you're going to get that. Yeah, then I hit and I was like, bloody all right, I've got to post <laughs> this a picture now. And then I thought, well, if I'm going to post this picture, then um, potentially like try and like raise awareness about or do something in terms of like education. Mm. So I kind of was like, oh, it'd be great like to like speak to my younger self. And um and today, obviously, I was, I was reading your blog post about w what advice you give to younger self. And it was like really touching and mm -hmm. it was like quite emotional, really, of, of what you would tell your younger self. And you obviously like quoted, um, I always felt different. Um, the kid with eczema, asthma and peanut allergy, no one else on my skill had allergies. How did you kind of handle that, like growing up with these conditions and think, it, if it wasn't hmm, that common? It wasn't very common at all. And in, in on one hand, I think it was quite fortunate that I didn't know how serious my allergies were because I never had a clue that they could ever be life-threatening until I was in my 20s when it became more publicised and I think the anaphylaxis campaign was set up and I thought, that that's not what I've got, is it? <laughs> I didn't yeah. really realise that it was that serious. So my parents didn't either. So I'm quite grateful that I did grow up in a bit of blissful ignorance. But yeah, I did always feel quite 
different and I think it's taken me a really long time to realize that I am actually just quite eccentric in a lot of ways I'm not like everyone else and actually that's quite cool yeah. and part of that is having the eczema and the allergies it does make you a bit different and maybe that's why I've kind of always struck out a bit then yeah. either and I remember reading on your blog you mentioned about your nan said oh, yeah. always treat people how you want to be treated yourself and my nan says the exact same thing to me and it kind of got drilled into my head and mm. it, it, even now like it seems so prominent to me like what she said to me when I was a kid and still remember it now so as soon as you mentioned that on your mm. blog I was literally like straight away thought about my nan like I did need to learn that lesson because <laughs> I was a bit naughty growing up and my brother and sister were both they're lovely my brother and sister and I got on really well with them and they were so good and well behaved and perfect and kind and gentle and never did anything bad and I just used to sometimes just used to sit there and I just think god they're so boring and I used to tell lies and try and get them into trouble and I can remember oh, my really? nan sitting me down and saying your sister really loves you and you're just really mean to her and yeah I w I'm sorry Catherine <laughs> <laughs> it was my hobby winding so, my sister up I was so horrible <laughs> I mean me and my sister we <laughs> constantly like driving each other up the wall like every time I go home my mum's like make sure you don't wind her up I'm like I've not it's said so anything yeah I think I can just look at her she'd be like what are you doing like I, I could wind her up just by giving her a look like um so when was so when was your kind of turning point in regards to you've got these allergies mm. and you you set up the blog? How did how for you how did that kind of come about? Like setting up the What's Allergy blog? The blog, yeah, it was a bit of a mistake actually. Oh really? Like my brother was doing some web design and he was doing one for his church, and I think he said to me, "Oh, I'll do you a, a website." I wanted to do something completely different. I wanted to do a restaurant guide. Because it, back then it was really hard to find somewhere good to eat. And I would had this plan that I would go around the country and discover everywhere that was safe for allergies. So not, and no <laughs> one's done that yet, not properly. It's not easy to do, there's to get like a proper database. Yeah, yeah. there's one guy which which done it, but I think he was a student. So obviously it's like finding... A, yeah, and then it's the only as good as that it, yeah. day when you went in and that person that you spoke to. It's so hard that's, to that's really That's the only know. issue with me, unless you've got like, um, you can get everyone to kind of mm. write about it or review So it. I've had really good experience somewhere other w and other people will have had a bad experience there. So anyway, my brother was like, that's too difficult. I can't do that. <laughs> I'll make you a blog. Oh, really? <laughs> I was like, oh, what, what am I going to put on that? And he will all these stuff you keep learning on Google that your doctor doesn't know and you do know. So I just ended up starting it by sharing little tips and things and it just grew from there. How really. long was this ago? Probably about 10, 12 years ago, quite a long time ago. Oh, wow. And I was probably one of the first to do an allergy blog then. No one else was doing it. I was going to ask you that question. Good. Was there any other allergy blogs you kind of looked up to at the time? No, or kind of there was a couple of um, like parents doing them. Yeah. Um, and some, like, re a lot of recipe ones. But there wasn't, a, like, people as like, like you and me. And there are lots now, lots more now of people I've noticed this. Definitely over, the, like, the last two years has been, like, a massive mm. rise of more people doing box, which mm. is amazing. Like, definitely from, like, more younger people. Because I remember when I done, like, Make and Tame magazine, like, I was looking online and maybe found, like, two blogs, which wasn't very well designed. And, mm. like, even though it, I think some of them was from a, a young person's point of view, it still didn't really resonate with me. No. So I think like more so now, like it's great that young people are kind We've of We've got charity websites and they're useful, but kind of still, it, I think it just gives you a voice yeah. as well. I kind of found, I wanted to shout and tell people this stuff. And 
And it's amazing now that people can be like content creators. Like you don't mm. have to be a charity to raise awareness about what you believe in or what you're passionate about. And I think more so now for the use of like social media, mm. like people can like be advocates and like raise awareness and whether that's doing a blog or whether that's doing an Instagram or mm. a YouTube video, like you've got all these amazing platforms now to You do have to be to careful because I sometimes read stuff and think, really? Oh, You'd no. have to check your facts and yeah. make sure that you've got like you know what you're saying is correct obviously that's that's yeah. hard because there's a lot of stuff on the internet that's not quite definitely with like 100%. information as well definitely i had that with the auto injector so a lot of people was like you can't go through pants and, and <laughs> oh, no. i was like oh no like it, it can like and i think what they was trying to say like um i think someone on twitter like reached out and like mm. luckily like some people jumped to my defense and i was like yeah it, it yeah, so it's designed to be, I think. Yeah, that's what I mean. Mm. So I think um, as long as like you don't hit the seam, obviously it's always better to take it off and be on bare skin, like yeah. with any needle. Like, but it can actually go through. I always just worry about what well. I'm wearing. Like, I don't want to get a hole in my clothes. Well, that's what it depends on the situation. But I think yeah. people should have that option. If like, it's always best probably to be yeah. do it on bare skin. But if you're in a situation where you're in a restaurant and you don't have the time, you're or not it's gonna, an inconvenience. You? Like, you're probably not going to take your pants but off. I have, and the paramedics have been like, what? I can remember one time I was in Salapets because it was winter and that oh, was yeah. when I had my first milk allergy reaction and I was panicking and I had just totally stripped my bottom half. I had knickers on, obviously, yeah. and done the adrenaline and then they turned up and they were like, why are you half-dressed? They were kind of really confused. Yeah, confused in my on, yeah. shock, I'd been like, I need to take the Salapets off. I don't want to inject through them because they won't be waterproof anymore. I don't know what I was thinking. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> reusability. Shiver <laughs> shivering. Because it was winter. What so. what has been like your most severe anaphylactic shock? Was um, it in the US when you? That was a bad one, but my worst one was the l I had in November last year to milk to dairy. I find that much harder to avoid the nuts. I don't know why. I think people un don't understand it. I think that might be the problem. I just don't take it. If you say serious, dairy, yeah. people think you've said gluten. Like if I say I've got a dairy allergy, they'll come back with a gluten free menu, or oh, really? they think it includes includes eggs. So there's a massive educational piece from I that think side of things. If you thing, say milk, yeah. it's a bit more easy, but then that's they don't really mean they don't realise that you mean cheese and butter and yogurt and yeah, the last reaction in November, I can't remember it because I was unconscious for some of it. So that was although it was less painful because I was pretty out of it pretty quick. So they're less painful now because I'm out of it, but they're absolutely terrifying because I don't know even what I don't know now what's happened what happened to me. Yeah. I don't know what happened. So who administered the epipen if you use we unconscious? Did that, that was the weird thing about that one. And I'm trying to speak to paramedics about this because we were in a restaurant and the paramedics came and they told me not to administer it, the adrenaline. So I'm, I'm, I'm taking that up with them because I think you should. I had hives going up my arm and they were just saying, oh, your blood pressure's okay. We'll take you in anyway, but you don't need to. And well, as soon as I stood up, I started having an anaphylactic reaction. Yeah, it's quite it's scary right. for, for someone in, that's in authority right. to say, yeah, So that's say the that. only time I haven't used them, but I was told not to by paramedics. So I think I had some adrenaline, but I don't remember. Yeah. And that's quite frightening. Because I've always Do you feel the adrenaline go through your body? Like I have done, and, yeah. And does it make you like like you know, where you feel like you can finally breathe again? Yeah. But usually not when I've done the pens. I usually feel better when I've got to the hospital and they give me more. Yeah. So I think they must help, but it's not enough of a dose for the reactions that I have. I think that's the main thing, to try and get to hospital. Yeah. Like ASAP, Quick. like that's kind of like the first port call. Mm. And 
obviously if Epipen gives you the extra few minutes to get there, then definitely mm. use it. I've always been an advocate of using it. I think in the past, like, I was probably a little bit scared to be honest, but I think like more so now I'm like a lot more confident if you are in that situation mm. again, like it's just best to, best to not inject. risk it. Yeah. I don't know why it's scary to do, but it is. Even now, the last time I used them was probably when I was in America. And that was that was two that was two years ago. That was a bad reaction, and I was terrified. I don't know why. I've done it loads of times, but you just like ah, oh, because it doesn't really hurt. I don't know if yeah. you've never. No, I'd say I've never had to. It use hurts it, more sure afterwards. Like I know people say it does hurt them, but there's so much going on in an anaphylactic reaction. Like I think you your adrenaline's breathe. already pumping anyway. You don't yeah. really bother about the injection once it's it's done. It's done. It's like one of those things that might hurt, but it's over so quickly but the next day my legs hurt it's like being punched in the thigh it's like being a Thai boxing match yeah like, it's like really painful the next day try not to tell I shouldn't tell people that should I I might put them off doing it no I 100% <laughs> always use injecting. it yeah. yeah it's not worth taking that risk and definitely use it and mm. always get to hospital ASAP because like like I said, if you're in a situation on, on an airline where you can't get to hospital then that it, terrifies it, it, me yeah it's being on an airplane really scary, frightening yeah, yeah. So if we talk a little bit about Allergy Today podcast with Quinton mm. and Alice, can we talk about where the idea kind of come about? Was your friends before? Like, I feel like there's so many questions. Like, yeah. how did you know each other before the podcast? Yeah, it's a funny story, really. Um, Quentin it was my mum's lodger, so I got to know him through that. Oh, and really? then I lived there for a while. So I, I, he had a much better room than me, and he had kind of higher status than me it was oh, quite really? annoying like Quentin yeah <laughs> Quentin had a better room um so that's how I met him and then my mum one day said to me oh Quentin Quentin's been trying to get hold of you and you haven't been phoning him back and I didn't know who what who the number because I, I didn't have his phone number and I thought he was just going to ask me about allergies and I thought oh no he's had an allergic reaction and he just wants to talk about that. talk about them and I wasn't very good at phoning him back but he asked me to set a podcast up with him oh, so amazing. that was that was probably about the beginning of this year and Alice he knew Alice through Quid M Productions doing broadcasting on on the radio for She's different stuff things. with um, BBC I'm yeah I've seen on there yeah so I think Quentin worked with her dad and her for years before so yeah so it's like really weird how it happens you're like come together yeah really weird and so you and Quentin have got allergies however Alice doesn't no. have allergies but she's got her own blog as well yeah she blogs about fertility and IVF but yeah. her, funnily enough she says she knows nothing about allergies but her sister has a peanut allergy and her mum has a shellfish allergy so it is in their family oh I didn't realise that yeah yeah. I think the great thing about the allergy podcast like you do have like a really good dynamic mm. and it is like very conversational and it's very like easy to listen to because mm. I've listened to some podcasts before I'm like oh my god it's so dry and like <laughs> and I think like allergies like yeah it, it is very it is medical but like I think the way you discuss it and the way I'm trying to do it on the make mm. contain is just trying to make it more conversational and yeah, it's like wanted, eardropping on someone's conversation really it's kind of what we wanted to do is to actually find out what people you know what people really want to ask questions about and what people really worrying about because yeah, you're right. A lot there's some there's some there's some good podcasts out there, but there's d sort of from doctors and they're medically or they're a bit more serious. And we just wanted to have a bit of fun, really. Yeah, you've I met think Quentin. <laughs> Don't think uh, yeah. he's got a serious uh, bone in his body. That's what I mean. You can have fun doing it, like, <laughs> yeah. and um, yeah, have a laugh along the way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not, after I'll be like um, sad stories. Or, like, mm. yeah, I mean, I've had a few funny, funny stories in my allergy, but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, I think it's been great. So I think anyone listening, like, make sure to um, oh, thank you. check it out. Yeah. Same with I, yours. Oh, God, yeah, <laughs> I hope so, yeah. Hope people enjoying it. 
what piece of advice would you give to maybe a young person thinking about setting up um, a blog or like Instagram? I would say do it, do, but do your research, look at the ones you like and think about what you like about them. So, and write some, write some pros and cons. Like what, you need an idea, you need a passion, like you were saying, it needs to be something that you really want to make a difference or share your journey, um, whatever that is. And I did quite a lot of blogs secretly before telling people. So I would say to do that as well, to just play with it for a bit, see what you can come up with. And if you if you can get the ideas and if you can get it going, do about 10 or 15 before you go live and then people have got a bit to read. But yeah, content, but go yeah. for it. I've done the same thing. I think I wrote 10 blog pieces, which mm. is hard work. It's hard. And so that gives you an idea of whether you can keep doing it because it takes yeah. time. I'm always doing stuff in the evenings and it's so funny because I'm I wouldn't say like I'm an avid writer like it's not my strongest definitely not my strongest skill set if not the weakest skill set mm. so it takes me like I've done one about Amy May Shed this week and mm. I must have spent an afternoon in a coffee like on a Saturday and a few hours on the Sunday writing it no, and it's like good. someone it's could someone could probably like write it up in like two hours and like absolutely smash it but mm. for me like writing's was it's quite interesting i've always got to get like a copywriter mm. and I, I actually went for a coffee over this morning and went, oh it's signed she's like oh yeah it's great she's like yeah the grammar was great it's just like the structure and i was like mm. oh i'm getting better then she's like yeah so i think like it it's just like the more you write the more it you it comes a bit more like natural comes practice yeah, yeah. Well, i usually find that when i'm reading it back how i've begun i usually i end the begin. i change the beginning every time every time i read it back and think well that's not a good enough start to it because you've got to get everyone yeah. you've got to grab their attention from I think the first yeah. line and i think as well like if you are starting to work like you've really got to ask yourself like why you want to do it otherwise mm. you 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 you're not gonna have you're probably gonna end up like giving up after a few months mm. so you got to really like think about like what's the reason you want to start the blog mm. um try and be as consistent as you can with the content and yeah it's just like being passionate if you've got a passion for something like for me it never seems like work i mean it's been this weekend on Saturday and Sunday, like writing content and editing videos, and it just never seems like where I'm not getting paid no, for doesn't. this. So I don't have to yeah. spend the weekends like creating content, and, and it's always like trying to bring as much value as you can to help other people. And that's yeah. only something I learned for me. I learned that later on, that like because um, I was just writing for me when mm -hmm. I started off. I think like many people, they just write for themselves yeah. as, as a platform to express themselves. Yeah. But now it's like a point where what value I can bring, is that something is always in the back of your mind? Mm, yeah. So just do, that's, it's like a passion. I can't stop. I have to blog. I have to write. So then I guess it's like, I need to help other people. And even if I help one person, then it's worth it. And, and it's like when you get a comment on your blog, it's like, <gasps> yes, it's so hard yeah, to get yeah. comments on the blog. It's really easy on on social media to I get engagement but <laughs> have you you don't yeah. want to know oh i love getting comments no i've it wasn't that i just feel like it was a, like another avenue i had to like kind of structure i feel yeah. like in like everything i do on the blog and post on instagram if there's something you want to comment yeah, like true. because someone asked me i was like are you gonna undisable it i was like no i'm gonna because i've wanted to comment yeah. on some of your blogs and i can't sorry but i guess you want me to comment on your insta instead yeah, I, d I don't know. I just see it as like, uh, if if there's any kind of like, I think Instagram's my kind of yeah, platform. Right. And, I, and, I, and I feel like if you go on like BBC News, for example, I don't think you can comment on their articles. Like, the only thing with yeah. that is that Instagram is kind of, it's a bit like Twitter where 
it changes so much and then those things disappear and you you instagram about so many things not just your blogs and your yeah. vlogs so those things go down and they're harder to find and search for on instagram so any that's the only thing i would say about your blog is i could probably find the blog about amy mayshed easier in a couple of months time than i could find the post on your instagram maybe i don't yes, know what on the website yeah, yeah if i was looking for it afterwards it's a lot easier like. yeah so it's it's difficult i know i get loads of spam and you do have to manage them and reply to them and yeah do you get a lot of but people reaching out then i do yeah yeah, yeah. it's good it's a full time job comments. like like trying to like and then message also people back as well like i mean i i must spend like an hour a day yeah like responding to people just responding but to that's people. really important with for the engagement as well and on, when you're blogging as well i go and support all the other bloggers and then they'll comment on mine and share mine. And yeah, you get skills, ideas yeah. as well. I get ideas. I'll see someone's blog and think, that's a really good idea. And it spurs an idea for me. Like, So for the final bit of the podcast, I just wanted to talk a little bit about what advice you'd give to people with algaes in terms of how you've man managed yours. Um, so yeah, what kind of tips and advice would you give? Uh, there's the obvious, always carry two, because I still keep always. hearing about that. And in the news, it's so sad. And I know... I know it's not the main reason, but if there's been a fatality and someone hasn't been carrying their adrenaline, it just it's just so sad because you don't know what would have happened if they'd had that, do you? But, and so many people I know don't carry any at all. So bad. Can we can we give can we shout out to Quinton to yeah. get his <laughs> art injector? I know. Quinton, we've been banging on at you <laughs> for about months now. Since that since that podcast, we you've still not still got an art one. injector. Still not got We're one. We're gonna ruffle you up if you don't get one soon. Definitely. I'm gonna get him one. I don't know, you can't you can't get them for someone else, can you? I don't think so. <laughs> I'll have to do oh. it under my name. Like <laughs> Quinton, Merry Christmas. Yeah. But yeah, Quinton, if you're listening, <laughs> you make sure you get that pop you make sure you get that auto injector. Because we're not going well, we would. We would obviously use ours to yeah. save your life, but <laughs> Yeah. There's always be safe than sorry. But um and I suppose also talk about it. And that's one thing Quentin does do. But talk about how your, aller your allergies and how you feel. and Yeah, and just don't be embarrassed scared. about don't it. Don't be and embarrassed. I think, yeah, it's just like being quite open about it. Yeah. And um, like I've always said this like so many times. Like people are quite interested. And, mm, um, generally. Someone mentioned it the other day like as a bit of a joke um, to a girl I was speaking to. But like, then I like, like completely turned it on him. And then I, the girl was like, what, you got an allergy? And I was like, yeah, I've got an allergy. And like... And I was like, I've got a blog. And she's like, what? You've got a blog? And they're like, they're so interested. So yeah. like, just, I, I, I think like people generally are just like quite interested when you say I've got an allergy because they want to find out like how you found out about your allergy. So yeah, never feel embarrassed to like no. speak up about it. The only thing I've found though with dating is that it does give them an avenue for stalking. So I'm, I'm never sure whether to tell them about the blog because then they know far too much about me by the next day. They're like, I've read the blog you wrote about blah, 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 blah. I suppose that's a good thing, isn't it? But yeah, I've... I think I went on one date once. I don't even mention this before, but like she already knew about my blog before. Oh, that's date. proper oh, yeah. stalking. Yeah, she must have like, done a research. <laughs> but I do that as well. Like, I, yeah, I, 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 I kind of want to know about like, people like mm. and who they say they are. And if, if there's nothing, if someone doesn't have any profile, I do think that's a bit, that's a bit suspicious. I mean, you but there's <laughs> so many people that don't, and it shouldn't be a problem. But I want to know. I want to yeah, see what catfished. they do. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to say I don't even know what that is. 
catfish is where like for example there used to be a show about in the US where someone be like thinks he's speaking to this like amazing model and they're like oh my oh god yeah, I'm gonna meet up with her and then like <laughs> they don't realise like they've been catfished and then the TV show will be like oh, yeah. documenting it and then they go around to the house to meet the girl and it's like a 40 year old book and it's just like no no that hasn't happened to me and it's so weird and then the book's like I'm in love with you and the guy's just like wow. oh it's like it, it might not be but it might be like a really old female it's yeah it's it's weird yeah it's not going to get very much further, is it? Yeah. Waffling so apart out, from being, apart from like catfish, <laughs> what other advice would you give? Is there any other advice which like comes to your top of, top of your mind? Like about allergies. About anything? Yeah, allergies. Like, whole life. Should we talk about life mottos? Life mottos. I've got so many life mottos. Go on then, give me a life motto. Right. So there's a, I, I was reading the book by Shoe Dog, the guy what like was like the founder of Nike. Honestly, if you've not read the book. So interesting. He like talks about his journey. And you think like Nike is this such a massive successful brand, but like the amount of like ups and downs he had to achieve that is just like incredible. And and the last chapter of the book, he says if you're in your mid-20s, don't settle for a career, a profession, or a job, like seek a calling. And when you find that calling, the fatigue is would be you'd be able to bear it. The highs but like nothing you've ever experienced. And it just like really resonated mm. with me and I was like oh my god make it say he's my calling and I I've, I think I end up posting it on my Instagram because it's for me it was so inspira- like, inspirational that just find out what your calling is like find out what makes you tick and mm, I remember you posting that and it, that kind of resonates with me as well because I can remember being told you can't be a writer and I used to write a diary from like the age of 11 I used to write every day I've still got them they're absolutely hilarious oh my God. So we had these we have these get-togethers me and my girlfriends from school and they love to like look through them find themselves in there and I'm sitting there thinking what uh, have I said about that person have I been rude slagging them off <laughs> but generally not I'm not I'm not bitching it so I'm like fine they can read it it's just yeah. quite funny so yeah it did resonate with me that if you've got something you want to do just keep on keep on trying keep on going at it and keep on and I think that's that's aiming for that really resonated to me when I was reading it on your on your blog where you were saying that from a young person like people was like oh you can't do this or mm. you can't be a writer you can't do this and then obviously you've, you've made that into a career now and you're a freelance writer then you've got your blog and everything else yeah. and I think like what advice would you give to maybe a person who is in that same situation now where someone's telling them that they can't do it and even if you aren't going to be making a success of it just do it if it's something you enjoy um it could just be a hobby that gives you a lot of pleasure just it's just about finding out what makes you tick and what you really enjoy doing and simplifying life as well i would say i've instagram is great but spending time off instagram in nature and getting out of everything get put leaving the phone at home i've started doing that just really be in the moment and be present and appreciate what you've got around you is something other advice I would I would give people because I get a bit obsessed with it I get completely consumed by the blog and having to check and respond to things and it's kind of exhausting and consuming it is I it's so annoying because I wasn't like a massive person like I never used to post that much on Instagram on my personal account anyway mm. and then obviously when I set up the blog like, I post like every day now and it's just like God it's like a full time you don't need to post every day you can have the <sighs> odd day off <sighs> I don't, don't know like, the do. same with the whole like algorithm but and all this what would like, happen like, I think you'll find the algorithm will still go on if yeah you don't I don't post. know I feel like I try <laughs> and be as like consistent as I can like and like 
Yeah, it is, it is tricky though, isn't it? And, mm. and it's so, I, I, yeah, it's so weird because I wasn't like obsessed with Instagram before. I wasn't even that obsessed with social media to it. It's like, and now I'm like, I'm doing it like every day, like full time. Like it's like, yeah, me too. God, like it's just like, pff. but you, you you have to. I mean, I I it is like the way of I've kind of gone about raising awareness and social media is great for that. But like you said, it's it's nice to like take them breaks and. Mm try not be on it full time but I'll be up but I, if I can't sleep I'll check my phone and see if I've got a like it's sad isn't <laughs> it, it? Is like, sad. yeah like why am I doing it like <laughs> I'm not gonna comment someone back at like two in the morning but like, oh yeah thanks for that like it's like what I drive myself insane like I'm like why do I do it I might have to put my phone on the airplane mode yeah or maybe I don't know if you can make your phone stop certain apps at certain times of the day I don't know but that's What's it's that hard. feeling you would get when you get like likes or like shares or like on, on like the amount of views it gets? And like we were talking about that earlier, weren't we? Like, what is a good number? Like, and you get a bit obsessed with how many, how many followers have I got? How many comments do I get on everything? And you can get a bit obsessed with that. And yeah. I've kind of, I'm trying not to. I'm trying to be like, I'm just doing this. I'm doing this as my job and I'm doing this to help people. I'm trying not to look too much because like, then you start comparing yourself to other people and is mine good enough? And it's really difficult. Yeah, it's so tricky. Like it is, it is a game essentially. Did Instagram p- took likes off or something yeah, the other day? Yeah, so but they've, they've... But they're back re- again. Or mine are. So on your on my personal account, it's removed likes but because I've got a business account on Instagram, I can see how many likes people get. It's yeah. a bit weird. I can see mine. I think... I think from Instagram's point of view, I think they're trying to do it to like help like kids, you know, so mental health and stuff. But also, it's it's a weird one because obviously they want people to move to a business account where they can make money through sponsored ads, essentially. So it's like, are they doing it for a genuine reason, or are they just doing it so they can get more people on the business account and they're going to make more money? I think it's just a bit annoying, personally. But yeah, they've done it. I I think I I I think it's a good thing because it stops people buying likes yeah. and I've seen people buy followers before and it, it's so obvious. Like, like, it's so funny when I see people with like five, six thousand likes and they get like and no three comments. likes or four comments. Or, I mean, it's four likes in a picture. It's just like, why? Like, it's not worth it. No. So I think another thing is like, just do it genuine. Like yeah. do it because you want to like, and let it, let it build organically. Like mm. don't buy these followers because it's not going to do anything. No, you're just gonna get no. You're just gonna have loads of followers and no engagement. And but is it point? social media is a game. Some people just play it mm. better than others, or people just mm. some people are a bit better at knowing what content is gonna work and stuff. It is a game, like it is basically it's, it's a big game, and like it's just like a popularity game, really. And like, in a few years' time, it'll yeah. be something but else. It's quite sad, really, but I think it's it pushes people now with to create good content and that's the main thing with like i think with social media just create good content mm-hmm. don't matter like how many likes or yeah it gets just create content which is going to give value to that person this is really funny and i shouldn't probably say this on air but i did created this instagram account for a teddy bear <laughs> as a like a bit of a joke to start off with was this last year but it it gets more <laughs> it gets more engagement than my channel does i'm not telling you what it is oh my god it's a bit like people posting their dogs a teddy bear? Yeah. What, I, doing it, I did it with my niece places. and nephew. And there are accounts of teddy bears, but like people with dogs. It's so weird, Dan. It's like, and I, it's like it's a whole world. new world. Yeah. This is like a weird thing for people. Yeah, really weird. And they want to send in postcards and I'm like, no. Oh my God. <laughs> and it gets more likes. Yes. Oh my God. Maybe like, <laughs> maybe can you share like the teddy bear with like an EpiPen? Just like briefly yeah, get it maybe. in there. Maybe like an algae teddy bear. 
Um, don't He's be thinking that allergy. idea anyway. Yeah. A teddy bear for <laughs> allergies. Like, I mean, that'd be quite something, wouldn't it? God, imagine that. It's so weird. The bacon tea teddy bear. You need that. Merch. I really want. That's something I want, I'm thinking about doing. But You've I got, want it. got the bags. Yeah, but I, 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 I was quite lucky, really. I, I got them like free for a supplier. Mm. Um, I won't be giving that name. No. <laughs> Never be like reached out, but like, <laughs> I want free tote bags. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. It's like finding the right value in it, like um, mm. what you can do, which is going to help people. Everyone's got to have meaning. Otherwise, it's just a bit like, what, why am I doing it? Mm. I can't help it. It's like in my blood. Yeah. You have to. Yeah, I think that's the main thing. Help as many people. Anyway, it's been amazing to have you on the Make and Tame podcast today. Um, make sure to follow Ruth um, on the Allergy page, which is... Is What Allergy. And your oh, website. Is whatallergy.com. Very easy. <laughs> Very easy. <laughs> so, yeah, make sure to um, check Ruth out and give her a follow. Like I said, thanks again for coming on the podcast. Um, I think we've covered quite a few subjects today. And if you really like the Make and Save podcast, make sure to subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify. And if you do get a chance to write me a review, I'm always banging on about this. If you write me a review, I'll appreciate it so much. It means, yeah, um, I really appreciate it. Anyway, thank you. Bye. Thank you.